welcome to the Money Mindset Podcast, where you will find the inspiration and motivation you need to manage your money better so you can stress less and live the life you want. Welcome, I'm Ashley Patrick with Budgets Made Easy and the Money Mindset Podcast. Today we are talking to Steve Stewart about how he lives debt-free and without a credit score. I know you've heard before that it's about impossible nowadays to live without a credit card, without a credit score, but he talks about how he's done that for years now and how he's in a position to be able to be completely debt-free, including his mortgage, and travel a lot without a credit card. Now, if you need to get started on paying off debt, I do have a free debt payoff starter kit for you available today, which comes with a free guide on getting started, a spreadsheet, checklist, you know, all the things. You can go to budgetsmadeeasy.com slash debt to get your free debt payoff starter kit. Now, welcome, Steve. Hi, Steve. I'm so glad that you are here with us today. Thank you, Ashley. It's a pleasure. And we were talking a little bit before, and you are debt-free, completely debt-free, including your mortgage, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Since December 2015. Oh, my goodness. So I do want to jump in and talk about that a little bit, you know, because my audience is really struggling with debt, and they don't see a way out, let alone paying paying off their mortgage. You know, they have enough credit card debt and vehicle debt and all that stuff. So can you kind of just give us a little bit of background about how um, you became debt free and like what kind of changed for you to motivate you to even want to do that? Sure. Uh, I have to blame, uh, blame Dave Ramsey for all of this because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was in a job that kept me on the road a lot. I was traveling as an auditor for a company and driving throughout, you know, different States around the Midwest and bumping into things on radio. It just was kind of hard to do. I got tired of listening to commercials, but then I did bump into this, this shock jock radio program where the guy was talking about money things. I'm like, okay, that's kind of cool. And turns out to be Dave Ramsey. I didn't like him at first because he was yelling at his audience and telling these crazy things like (laughs) cut up your credit cards and get rid of the home mortgage because, you know, you don't need the mortgage interest deduction. I'm just like, this guy's whack. He's, you know, out of his mind because he's telling everybody the opposite of everything else I've ever heard in my entire life. But then I kept thinking about it and I was like, you know what? He makes a lot of sense. And I do have a faith-based background. I've been a Christian since I've been age 10. And Dave Ramsey was using scripture. So I had to go and study for myself. And I learned he was right. And it changed my life. And my wife and I turned around. It was about 2003 when we first started. Uh, didn't really do anything right until 2006. And ever since, it was just, nope, I'm done with debt. I cut up all my credit cards. Haven't had a credit card since 2008. Uh, 2007 was when I actually closed them out. And then just progressing through Dave Ramsey's baby steps, essentially, to get to where we paid off our mortgage early. Oh my gosh, that is amazing. And so how long did it take you to like pay off your debt initially, just like your credit cards and things like that? Do you remember? Yeah, we were very fortunate because we only had one real debt and it was a car loan. And here's the problem. See, I started listening to Dave Ramsey in 2003, realized he was right. I was like, oh, you know what though? We're doing well. I can keep the credit cards. I don't need to listen to all of Dave's advice. But then it was 2006. My wife wanted a a different vehicle, a new vehicle, a new Mm -hmm. Jeep. And we went in and and she fell in love with this Jeep. And I'm like, okay, what, you know, what, what she wants is what we get. Right. 
And we ended up taking out like a $12,000 car loan back in 2006, mm -hmm. which is a lot of money in 2006. Yeah. And that was after the trade and after all the money we could deposit and all stuff. And I was like, we got home and I was, I was thinking, you know, we're better than this. There's no reason we should be taking out $12,000 car loan. This is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. So that was, that was the deciding moment. And I was, I have a, a background in being a mobile DJ as well. I don't do it anymore, but I was doing mobile DJing for quite a long time. And every gig that I had from 2006 until 2007, when that car loan was paid off, was, was sent to pay off that thing early. So we really got rid of the, the $12,000 loan in about 13 months. Wow. That is amazing. So what were, what, how did you kind of make that mindset shift of, you know, we make good money, you know, we're not do we're not bad off financially. Like we can go get a loan if we want to. How did you change to no debt at all? Like we're not going to take out any debt. Like what was the deciding factor for you? Well, I got really mad at myself. That was the one thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, we, we do better. We're not normal. We're, we're better than average, aren't we? And the, the car loans just made me realize, you know what? I have to change my ways. I have to change my mindset. And I had been studying on my own. So the things that Dave Ramsey was talking about, I was like, you know what? I, I, I had put my credit cards away. I hadn't cut them up at the time. I had put them away for a while. And it's like, after six months, I decided I hadn't been using the things. I don't need them. So I knew I had a confidence level that I could live without credit cards. We had savings. We already had retirement underway. We had all the things that were in place. All the foundations were in place so that I didn't have, I, I, it was still kind of taking a chance at that time mm -hmm. to say no more debt products, no more loans. If I had to, for whatever reason, we still could. Right. And we still could if we want to take out loans. But we're in such a position now because of following the principles of staying away of, uh, you know, out of debt, saving up money. Uh, we've gotten so far ahead now that the only reason I would ever borrow money again is for a mortgage. If we mm -hmm. were to move and we didn't have all the money from it. So it was all of that that really came together back in 2006 that gave me the confidence that we had enough there that I could just simply say, you know what, no more debt. I'm done. That's great. So how have you lived without a credit card for so long? Like, you know, people think that you, that you just can't live without one. Like you need it for so many things. So um, what do you tell people when they ask you that? Yeah. When the debit card came out in the early 2000s or maybe it was late 99s, I don't know. But, you know, there's always that talk that, oh, debit cards aren't as safe as credit cards. Well, that, that, that's such an old mantra. It needs to die because mm -hmm. maybe the policy states some things that are different. But in the 10 years that I've been asking, I have not found one person who has lost money because their debit card was compromised. Their banks have always came back and you know, refunded the money or reversed the charges or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. I haven't found one person. Now, the people who say they might have, when you go and look into their stories, it finds out, you find out they didn't pursue it. All you got to do is talk to your bank because mm -hmm. the bank wants to keep your business. That's why you have a bank. The bank wants to keep your business where credit card companies not really, I mean, you're more of a credit card company's customer than they are of yours. Right. So now, I don't have to worry about credit cards. Well, you're asking the question, you know, what, how do I live without credit cards? Well, I, I just use my debit card. I use cash. We still use checks on a rare occasion. 
And I'm looking for the day when I use Bitcoin. I haven't gotten to that yet, but someday. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've seen it. I don't know much about Bitcoin, that's for sure. Like that seems like a whole nother world. Um, so what do you do about like if you want to book a hotel or, you know, rent a car? Like some people say that you can't even rent a car without a credit card, that they won't take your debit card. Have you run into any issues like that? Yeah, well, some people are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I, I traveled a lot. I still do travel. I've, I'm leaving for a conference in 24 hours. Everything is reserved on my debit card. Uh, my wife and I, we've traveled on our debit cards. Uh, you know, cash we pay for some things as well. You can rent a car with a debit card. A debit card, especially, especially inside of an airport, they'll, they're more likely to take a debit card when you're renting a car in an airport because they know you're coming back with the car. Mm-hmm. You're more than likely doing a round trip. All they need is your, uh, your uh, return flight number. So it's not a problem. And renting hotels, I mean, they don't know it's a debit card. They just take your number and they, they put in the reservation and then, you, you know, it's charged when you're done. So there's all these things that people say, you know, you can't use your debit card for certain things. The only thing you can't use your debit card for is getting into debt. <laughs> True. <laughs> you might overdraw your, che- your checking account, but you won't go into debt. Right. Now, what about your credit score? I mean, don't you need a credit score to live nowadays? Uh, another mantra that just it, it makes me throw. I just I almost threw up a little bit in my mouth there. <laughs> this is another one of those things that is just it's overdone, it's oversold, and uh, uh, people concern themselves way too much with the three-digit number. It's ridiculous because if you think about what a credit score does for you, is in most cases it's really being used to qualify, uh, qualify you for a loan. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I'm past that. I'm not going to borrow money again, except maybe a mortgage. And by the way, there's alternatives to prove creditworthiness that don't have anything to do with a FICO score. Uh, oh, there's a service are... out, yeah, there's a service out there called eCredible. I've been a fan of theirs for five, six years. They will do a manual verification of those types of bills that you pay on a regular basis, like your phone bill, your, you know, your mobile, mobile cell phone bill. You, you pay that every month, right? Well, guess what? That doesn't affect your credit score in any way unless you don't make the payment and then it only hurts your credit score. So they'll verify that. They'll verify insurance payments. They'll verify rent. You know, your rent doesn't help your credit score unless you go through one of those different channels to get it reported. These are all great things that you do on a regular basis that don't help your credit score, but they can be used to prove your credit worthiness because here I am. I'm a little bit older than you, actually. I'm 52. (laughs) So here I am. I've got no credit score. I mean, you try to pull my report and it's blank because there's nothing there to report because the credit score is based on debt, debt products and bad debts. I don't have any of those. So somebody can't qualify me for a mortgage per se uh, because I don't have a credit score. However, I've got money. I've got assets. I've got great things that could be used as credit, uh, uh, liability. Uh, I'm blanking on the word, but uh, you know, the, the put a lien on my stuff eventually if I don't pay. I've got some assets that they can then put a lien on if, if they need to. I just have to prove that I'm gonna be able to make the normal monthly payment, which is gonna be a lot less than what my you know assets and my net worth are. Now, what about if you needed another mortgage? Do you know like how you would be able to do that without the credit score? Yeah, exactly, that would be like e-credible. I would have for them verify all of these, these other things that don't apply to a credit score, like my cell phone bill or electric bill or cable bill, all these things. It, all the bank really wants to know is that you're going to be good for the loan, that you're going to be able to make the payments for the loan. And they make more of a decision on the credit score than they do on your income 
Mm-hmm. And because your income could go away like that. Right. Uh, whereas a payment history, I understand why banks do this. It makes sense for them to do this because it's easy, it's quick, it's a simple number. And they're looking back at a history that, that exists where, you know, if, if I've got a job and I'm making an income, that could go away tomorrow. And that would be a problem, but nobody can predict the future like that. Right. But if I've got this history in making payments to other things that don't affect a credit score, then why would they not consider it? And there's actually in the Fair Credit, uh, I'm sorry, the Equal Opportunity Act, there is a, a line in there that says if you provide, if, if a bank is going to judge you on your credit score, they are also required to consider anything that you pre- uh, present to them that proves your credit worthiness. So that's where a credible or a like service similar to that can come in where I don't have a credit score. So they're going to say, well, we can't, well, you know, can't make you a loan, sir. Well, here you go. Here I've got proof from a third party. They've done the verification. They will give you this access to this, this reporting that says, I make my cell phone payment every month on time. I make my cable payment every month on time, internet, all those things. And why would a bank not want to lend me money if they see that? Yeah, I have never heard of that. And I have heard of like manual underwriting, but I've never mm-hmm. heard of e-credible. So I'll have yeah, to look that's, into that some more. That's the thing. Manual underwriting is very, it's been something that existed way before the credit score, but the credit score made it easier mm-hmm. for the lenders to judge you on your, you know, your ability to repay a loan. It's still out there. It's just, it is such a, it's a time consuming process. And why would a bank want to want to do that when they can use a credit score? And everybody has a credit score if they've ever taken out a loan, if they've ever, you know, borrowed money on a car, they've ever had a credit card. Well, guess what? Now you got a credit score. So they just use that. It's just cheap and easy. And I understand. So the manual underwriting is still out there, but a lot of banks won't do it just because it's so expensive. Mm -hmm. Now, why not just have a credit card as like a backup, you know, so that you won't have to like mess with all that. If you want to get another mortgage someday, like why not just, you know, have that little peace of mind um, as a backup? Yeah. Well, personally, I have a moral problem with credit cards and I see the, the problem with the economics of it as well. Now, the moral side is, as I mentioned earlier, I'm a Christian. And when I use a credit card, I am causing the vendor, the place I go to shop, to have to spend more money processing my transaction than if I use a debit card. And it would actually uh, cause them to spend more money processing the debit card than if I use cash or check. Mm -hmm. So by using a credit card, I'm inflating the prices of everything on the shelf, not just for me, but for everybody around me. I can't do that. It's like raise, you know, it's like voting to raise taxes on my friends. I can't do that. Yeah. So that's an economic thing. And it's a Christian based thing because you're supposed to love your neighbor as yourself. And I just, I can't, if I'm teaching people how to get out of debt, one thing they need to do is stop overspending. And a lot of times it's easier to overspend on a credit card than any other way. Yes. And so for me to then go back and say, but you can use your credit card responsibly. Well, just preach abstinence. You know, it's a lot easier to preach that and to actually practice that than to try and get a balance between overspending on a credit card so you can keep your credit score up when you're trying to pay off debt. Right. And I have read a couple different studies actually that have shown that people um, think about the, the um, purchase differently when you're going to use a card versus like cash or, you know, a debit card that you actually like think about it differently and question like the benefits versus like how much it's going to cost me and things like that. Um, that oh, absolutely. You, 
that you just completely think about it differently. So um, those are some good points there. Yeah, absolutely, because when you use a credit card or even a debit card, I, I rarely look at the total price anymore. And that's dangerous. When I'm mm -hmm. using cash, I have to pull out the right amount of money. I have to think about the number they just told me it was. That'll be 86.23. Hold on, wait a minute. Yeah. It's supposed to be 50 <laughs> bucks. Oh, yeah. oh, I'm sorry, sir. We forgot that this is on sale. You know, so these are the types of things that it's you're forced to look at when you're using cash that you won't even do when you're using debit or credit. And even more so, when you're using a credit card, you won't even look at the transaction until 30 days later, if at all. Right. Whereas a debit card, if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, which your debit card's tied to your checking account, you should be balancing your checking account on a regular basis. We do it every three or four days here. It takes us five minutes, if that. And that's another way also, uh, a good practice when you're balancing your checking account to catch fraudulent charges that might occur. So you can start that process right away. So going back to what we talked about, how people say debit cards are less safe than credit cards. Well, I'm going to see a fraudulent card, uh, fraudulent charge on my debit card or in my bank account first than I ever would if I had a credit card. True, very true. So do you um, use a lot of cash or the cash envelope system that Dave Ramsey recommends as well, or do you just use your debit card for everything? I use my debit card for a lot of things, you know, gas at the pump, it yeah. makes sense. Um, but if it's a place that I'm not gonna spend too much money on, or it's a local like mom and pop store, I try to do cash every chance I get, just because it, it does lower their costs and you know it's so immediate plus it makes you think about what you're purchasing Absolutely. but when you're grocery shopping you know we do use the debit card uh just because we don't go we, we've gotten we have gotten past the point where we need a cash envelope mm -hmm. we've gotten to the point where we could do better yes but we have chosen to use debit cards because of the convenience so we're paying for it by the less you know the less amount of attention that we're paying that we are paying towards what we're doing than if we were to use cash. Absolutely. And I, you know, I always try and stress to people that, you know, when you're just starting out budgeting and paying off debt, you know, you do have to be a lot more intentional and mindful of things. But once you get to the point where you're like debt free, you know, your budget's basically the same month to month, you know, you just make the adjustments for that specific month, but you know, the, the outline and the bills, like that all stays the same. So you don't have to be so like strict about everything. I know that as I've paid off debt and, you know, I have my savings and everything that, you know, I'm not as intense with the cash envelopes. I still use them, like you said, for certain things. And like, I don't use it for gas. I'm not going to go into the gas station every time I need <laughs> gas. Like I've got three kids. I don't have time for that. So yeah. So, you know, just keep in mind that as you progress down this journey, that it does get easier and you don't have to be like so strict about everything. Like it gives you the freedom to be able to just use your debit card and not have to worry about it. You know, if it's just like everyday purchases and things like that, because you've got all these other things in place to set yourself up financially. Well said. <laughs> and on that note, um, I always ask people, you know, what their favorite book is or nonfiction book, you know, cause they say, I'm sure, you know, that, um, millionaires read on average, like one book a month. And so I like to encourage people to read some books that'll help them along this journey and improve their lives. So do you have one to suggest today? I do. My typical answer is The Millionaire Next Door by Dr. Thomas Stanley. And I say it because I read it every year. So it's my favorite book of all time. But 
I want to give a different answer this time because there's a <laughs> book that came out last year, which, which is from a girl that I think of the world of. Her name is Emily Prokop. And if you misspell that in Google and come up with Emily Porkchop, you still come up with the same answer, which is great. <laughs> she does a podcast called The Story Behind, and she does these eight to 10 minute episodes about how things came to be. And then she was approached by a publishing company said, hey, we'd love to have you turn this into a book. So she did. She wrote some additional things and turned it to a book called The Story Behind, The Extraordinary History Behind Ordinary Objects. And I mean, here she's got the story behind the paperclip. She's got the story behind the pink slip. She's got the story behind nail polish, uh, sliced bread. There's all kinds of things in here. Chocolate chip cookies. I'm, I'm in the food section, obviously, as I'm you know, <laughs> flipping through. It's actually a paper book, too. Isn't that great? Uh, <laughs> yeah, The Story Behind by Emily Prokop. I think it's a fun little book. It's like a coffee table book. You can just sit and read it in chunks, and it's just fun. That's right. I haven't heard of that one. I'll have to check. I have a long <laughs> list of books now after doing this podcast that I need to check out. Yeah. Um, so where can people find you and learn more about you? Well, if they want to find out more about me, it's stevestewart.me. However, if they want to go back and listen to, I have a podcast, actually, it's still alive. I retired it back in 2015, but more of these types of rants about the credit score. And I actually had the very first broadcast with a person from FICO back in 2015, I think it was. Uh, it's at moneyplansos.com. Oh, awesome. And I appreciate you taking the time to speak with us today. Thank you, Ashley. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much to Steve for being with us today and sharing his journey to paying off debt to living without a credit card. Now, don't forget you can get your free debt starter kit at budgetsmadeeasy.com slash debt. And if you love today's episode, please leave a review and follow along on whatever app you are using today. Have a good week. <laughs>